Good morning, everyone, or afternoon, wherever you're located. My name is Andy Hines, and we are here in Rick Bonsim's uh, studio to record a new series today. We're going to talk about the keys of the kingdom. Um, as you can see, Rick's not here. He's traveling in, uh, in Brazil. And um, I've got things set up here in the office. This is a, a, a new position for me. Uh, I retired many, many years ago, and then the Lord opened up an opportunity for me to help Rick. So here I am, and um, I'm enjoying it. Uh, and also I get to teach, so I'm, I'm enjoying that part too as well. So I'll tell you what, let's look at Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 19. I'm going to be reading them from the New American Standard Bible, the 1977 text. Now, starting at verse 13. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he began asking his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, but still others Jeremiah or one of the he said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, or the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. <clears throat> and I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not overpower it. Verse 19. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, Skip to the right a couple pages and just look over at uh, Matthew chapter 18, verse 18. It says, Truly I say to you, whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And uh, looking up various translations uh, and combining them, we get this basic, uh, basic premise. What you loose here on earth must have already been loosed in heaven, and what you bind here on earth must have been what's already bound in heaven. So, and if we go back to uh, Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said, uh, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As my, uh, one of my favorite teachers, John Ortberg, says, the goal is to bring up there down here. Up there, down here. Now, within this framework, let's go back and look at, at chapter 16. And who do people say that I am? That's the one of the most critical questions. Now, I got saved in July of 1968. I was in a, in a reform school. Like, that's the best way to describe it. It was a, a um, uh, school of a disciplinary environment, let's put it that way. And um, uh, in that framework, 
uh, I'd been in jail and, and um, uh, never heard much about religion. I just didn't hear that much going on about it. I didn't know anything about it. But uh, as I got to this school, it was run by the Quakers, and as I got to this school, uh, the pastor named uh, Reverend Darnell, uh, Reverend Darnell talked about Jesus. And so I began to deal with the question, uh, who do I say this guy is? Who, who is Jesus? And now let's pursue uh, and look and see. We've got a variety of opinions here. Some say John the Baptist, some say that this, and some say that, and so forth. And then he gets right down to the thing, who do you say that I am? And Peter nails it right on the head. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, with that in mind, look what Jesus says about him. Jesus answered and said, Blessed are you because... Flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. The Spirit of God revealed to Peter that Jesus was the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Now, with talking about that, he says, And I say to you that you're Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not overpower it. Um Many years I, I read that, and, and um, I, I, ne I never spent a lot of time. I didn't spend a lot of time digging into it. And I find out that Peter, a lot of people think Jesus said, I'm going to build my church on Peter. I don't think so. Uh, there's a lot of people that believe that. But he goes on and he says, uh, upon this rock, what rock? Well, the rock of revelation knowledge. The, the rock of revelation knowledge, what God has revealed to you. Now, uh, we could spend a lot of time, and, and hopefully in the future we will, uh, going through how to hear God. Mark Berkler wrote a great book, Four Keys to Hearing God's Voice. And how does that, uh, how does that tie into what we're doing here? Without revelation knowledge from God, you cannot walk with God. Now, in the, in the light of that, I want to go back and look at one other statement he said in there. I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not overpower it. Now, we've missed this in, in time. I, I remember it wasn't, well, 1968. You look at 1968, that's a while, that's a while ago. Okay? So... Uh, that's 54 years ago that I've been walking with the Lord. Now, I'd like to tell you that my growth pattern was a trajectory going straight up, but it wasn't. My, my growth trajectory with God uh, has been like most of yours, up and down, up and down. I had good times and bad times. But within that, having been in a reform school, like a reform school, having got locked in at night, having bars on my window, and, and the things that I went through in there, I understood bars and locks and, and so forth. And I really wanted the key, you know, to get out of my... <coughs> excuse me. I wanted the key to get out and found out the keys have two purposes. They keep some people out and they keep some people in. So 
the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now, if I have the keys, I can open the gate to hell, which Jesus did. We're going to look at that later on. But it's important for us to back off and go, uh, when was the last time you took a walk down the street with either your wife or your dog and a gate attacked you? That didn't happen. A gate does not attack you. Now, gates are put up by the enemy to keep us out. But Jesus is going to show us how to deal with that. And, and we want to look on further, binding and loosing. We want to understand that. In today's environment, um, it's difficult for a believer to walk in victory if you don't know the word, if you don't have revelation knowledge, if you don't walk where Jesus walked and do the things that he said we could do, and if you don't understand that, you're not going to be successful. You're not going to be successful. Now, um, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Well, I'll start at verse 3. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world, and i got a footnote down there that says the God of this age, has blinded the minds of the unbelieving or that the light and the image of God should not dawn upon them, okay? That they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. So you see this picture of the enemy, Satan and his minions, blinding the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the image of God. Uh, we're created in the image of God, and Satan does everything he can to blind us to that fact. There's, all of us have dealt with that over time. Uh, all of us have seen that we can't walk in light uh, of the gospel if we're confused all the time about who we are, who God is, and so forth. So he's blinded the mind of the unbeliever. Now, so we know where our enemy is on this. So now let's look at uh, Matthew 6.10, as we, we spoke about that briefly earlier. Matthew 6.10. All right. In the Lord's Prayer, I'll start at verse 9. Pray then in this way, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed would be your name. Now listen to verse 10. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, there's no doubt that God's will is being done in heaven. What we want is to have it done here on earth. Now, the, the, the things that we run into that are problems, uh, the enemies of the gospel, uh, the people uh, in the press and, and other places that completely misrepresent what we want, they think we want to set up a theocracy. We do not want to set up a theocracy. Uh, what we do want is to follow the rules that the Lord laid down 
and the world doesn't want to follow those rules. For example, um, uh, sexual relations before you're married, a man and a woman. Lord knows we're in a, in a fight for everything we have right now just to get a woman defined. It's, it's so difficult for me to understand that we have a Supreme Court justice going through confirmation and could not define a woman because she said she's not a biologist. So, as you can see, we have many elements that we have that we're in a, in a fight over. Um, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, we want people to, to walk in the love of God. Uh, we don't want hate. They, they, they talk about we're bigoted and hateful simply because we explain to people what Jesus was talking about and some of the things that he wanted to have done, love your wife, love your neighbor as yourself, and the world doesn't want anything to do with that. Now, bring up there, down here, that's the way Ortberg, John Ortberg describes it. You know, think about that. It actually, it, it, it I wasn't going to go there, but I, it, it seems like the right thing to do. We have dual citizenship. We have heaven over here where we represent, as an ambassador, we represent the kingdom of God and the God down here on this earth. And then as a priest, a royal priest in, in, in Peter, where it says uh, a priest's uh, duties is, is to represent the people before God. So an ambassador represents things from up here, down here, government-wise. And then a priest takes the needs of the people uh, back to the home office, so to speak. Now, because we're walking in that, we have to understand where our judgment is. We got, we got our feet set in two worlds. It wasn't until recently I really had to come to grips. Uh, my, Julie and I have been married uh, 47 years, 48 years coming. We've been together 48 years coming up in a couple of months. Um, actually, it's on Valentine's Day. Uh, we got married on Valentine's Day. A lot of people say, boy, aren't you a romantic? And I said, no, I didn't even know there was a Valentine's Day till I got married on it. It just happened to work out that way. I asked her to get married. We talked to the pastor the next Monday. We got married after, after church, uh, the next day after church, and it just happened to be the 14th. So anyway, 48 years we're coming up on that we've been together. Now, uh, Having said that, one of the things that I found out, uh, I grew up in Indiana. I moved from Indiana to Ohio. We moved from Ohio to Oklahoma and from Oklahoma to, to Georgia. Now, if I go back, uh, my pastor, and at, at, at the time, he's actually been the longest uh, we've ever sat under one pastor, uh, Pastor Jerry Varnado in Athens, Georgia, Jerry told me something one time, and I'll never forget it. He said, only by looking back over time can you see that God does all things well. And so by looking back where I am at in Athens, I can see that God has done all things well. Now, I do know, I will tell you this, 
that I grew up in Indiana, so I loved Indiana sports. I, I mean, I was a big IU basketball fan, Bobby Knight, and, and, and I went to Purdue and so forth. And then we went to, to uh, Ohio. I lived in Columbus, Ohio. And unfortunately, uh, Ohio State University is there, and I'm a big Michigan fan. So, uh, But we were there and, and uh, working under the Lord. Then we felt the Lord wanted us to move to Tulsa, so we moved to Tulsa, spent time there. Now we've been in Athens, and uh, and uh, the, it was a very difficult move for me to come from Tulsa to Athens, Georgia. My wife loves Athens, and um, I love Tulsa, so it was a it was quite a difficult thing. But one of the things that I have learned, and I it just came out to me, I don't feel at home anywhere. Now I used to like Tulsa, but I found out the Lord said the reason that I like Tulsa. And the reason I like this place is because I was where I was supposed to be. I'm in Athens, Georgia, because that's where I'm supposed to be. But Athens is not my home. The kingdom of God, I live on, I'm, I'm from another planet, you might say. A lot of people have said that over my lifetime. But uh, in, in reality, I am from another planet. Okay? Now, so one of the things we, we do have to square up is what our position is and how do we move forward. What is it that God gives us the keys? Now, so we're an ambassador and we're a priest, and God's given us the keys. What are we going to do with those keys? Um, let's go on and look at Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, okay, verse 1. And he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all the demons and to heal diseases. Now, he sent them out, verse 2, to proclaim the kingdom of God. He sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God. Now, and to perform healing. So, we need to look at this now. He's talking about keys, and he says he gave them power and authority. Uh, keys represent authority. Uh, if I have the keys to, to a car, to our car, I have the authority over that car to control where it goes, when it goes, uh, what it does, and so forth. If I have the keys to the house, then I have authority over the house, and I know what to do with the house. I can lock it up, and I allow some people in, some people I don't allow in, and so forth. So with that in mind, that's what keys allow us to do. So he is saying here, look very carefully, he gave them authority over all the demons and to heal diseases. Verse 2 he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to perform healing. Now, at a footnote in the in the 1977 uh, edition of the New American Standard, says he meant to heal the sick. So, one of the keys to the kingdom is healing the sick, and we're gonna we're, we'll look into that over the next uh, several sessions, and we're gonna see where Jesus uh, actually worked on these things and where he actually had these things, um, uh, and it showed us 
how the kingdom was and what it is that needed to be done. Now, I want to go on and I want to look at Revelation chapter 1, verse 6. So let's go back and look at Revelation chapter 1, verse 6. Get to that one. Okay, chapter 1, verse 6. And he said, Jesus said, He has made us to be a kingdom, priests to his God and Father, and to be and to him be the glory and the dominion forever. Amen. He has made us to be a kingdom of priests. Remember our twofold ministry here, our position. As a priest, we represent the needs of the people to the home office. As an ambassador, we represent the desires of the home office to the people down here. Now, uh, let's talk about that. Revelation chapter 5, verses 9 and 10. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy art thou to take the book, to break its seals. For you were slain and did purchase for God with your blood men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and thou hast made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. So, we very clearly, when you become a Christian, when you accept Christ, and the Lord builds his life into your life, and, and, and he gives you new life, okay, we become, we're, we're part of a different kingdom. We're not part of this world anymore. We're part of that kingdom. So as such, we need to operate in that kingdom. Now, one of the questions, one of the big questions that comes up, that came up as I, as I began to, de to delve into that, one question came up, let's take any... Uh, specific issue. Uh, let's take, it could be politics, uh, which, by the way, once I've, as I've delved into this, it's changed my political views. Um, I'm a conservative, but it's changed how I look at other, other things. The Lord has brought some of these things up to me and says, you need to make some changes and not like anything you've ever done before. Well, as I work through this, any particular issue that we come up with, and I, I don't care what that might be, let, let, we'll just take a, a, um, a for example here. Uh, let's say we have a, a zoning issue. Uh, the, local, the local government uh, has some land, and they want to change the zoning, and they want to build commercial multifamily units or something to that effect in there, and you don't want it that way. So what do we do? What authority do you have in this area? Now, here's the question. Do I, can I do something about this particular issue, whatever it might be, within the authority that I have? So if I go back to Luke chapter 9, and I go back there and I see that Jesus gave me authority, 
gave me authority. He called together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to heal diseases, and he sent them out to perform healing. Okay, so obviously I have authority. How does that authority translate into what I need to have done in the in the environment that I live in? Okay, um, how do I use the authority that God gave me, and when do I use it? Well, one of the things that you'll find out is uh, you don't have authority over men. Uh, my wife and I, Julie and I, are spending a lot of time going through. First Samuel, we started studying Saul, and, and uh, I'm, I'm actually developing a class on God and government. Why we, I've, I taught on digital Babylon. We understand the things that have gone wrong. We can see the things that have gone wrong, and we can see what God says to do about them and, and where there's a battle going on uh, between those two elements. Uh, but what we really want to understand is what's the structure that God actually What's a biblical structure for us to operate in uh, within, within uh, a government? And so the keys that he's talking about, the keys to the kingdom that we have are such that we need to know what it is we can do and when can we do it and how do we do it. So it brings me up to three questions. What do keys do? Well, they provide access. We talked about that. They provide access, yay or nay, into a, into a building, a car, uh, a garage, whatever. Um, they indicate authority because if the man comes with the keys, he's the guy you're looking for to help you get into the building or to get into your car because you can't find your keys. Being given keys and then not being able to find them is a terrible situation. I'm, I'm, I know none of you have ever done that, but I've lost keys before, and, I, and uh, it's frustrating. And it's, it's kind of like my wife said. Uh, I go talk to her, and I said, I can't find my glasses. Have you seen my glasses? And she just kind of bats her eyes and, and, you know, and then pulls them down. A lot of times the things we're looking for are so close we can't see them. But the keys, uh, once we have the keys of the kingdom, we operate in that. We need to learn how to do it. And the third thing we want to talk about is control. This is the question. Where do we have control? Now, one of the things that, uh, that, the, that we're fighting right now is we're not defining what a believer and what we want to get accomplished uh, through our government. Uh, we're letting the opponents of Christ define what we want to do, and that's not, that, that's not going to work for us. We can't do that, and one of the reasons that we can't do it is because we want to define who we are and what it is that we're supposed to do. Now, let's go on from there, and I want to bring up, uh, let's see, I got some notes here, and I want to go through and make sure I've got them done. I got everything covered that I wanted to get covered. Um, okay. Uh, okay. Um, 
I think that's going to get us through the first lesson. I hope you've gotten something out of this. I know this study for me has been eye-opening. As I've gone through these things, I want to make sure I've got everything lined up right and, and that I'm operating where God is. How do we use those keys? We're going to discuss them. We're going to look at what the Scriptures say about keys uh, in the next class, part two. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and close out in prayer, and we'll move on to the next chapter. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for leading us and guiding us. I'm asking you, Lord, that you enable us to do what it is that you want us to do and teach us, Father, about keys. Teach, teach us about authority. Teach us about your kingdom so that we can walk together in that in Jesus' name. Amen. So, as you can see, I'm here by myself. And so I want to, i gotta, I got to manipulate everything here. Um, thank you for being patient with me. Uh, I appreciate your time. Uh, I love teaching, and I hope that, that, uh, that God's given you some insights. And uh, there's going to be a lot more coming, so I appreciate that. So God bless everyone, and we'll look forward to seeing you next time.